It's Monday and it's that time again for the Beauty and the Beasts podcast with me, Leo. Today we are talking hospitality. When are we going to be able to get out with our friends, family and loved ones and get into those bars, restaurants, cafes and clubs that we miss so much? Are the government guidelines realistic or are we all still a little apprehensive? Without further ado, let's get on with the show. So it's the 1st of June everybody and we have been in lockdown just over 10 weeks, well official lockdown just over 10 weeks but now the government is starting to get people back to work and I'm sure some of us are really really eager to get back to work because being in lockdown is a little bit depressing and we all want to get back to normality. However, this month it's all about retail, getting non-essential retail back up and running. And that's fine in some ways because I'm sure we all want to hit the shops, check out the sales. I know I love to go shopping and I'm dying to, but I'm also very apprehensive about what's going on. We already know that supermarkets and hardware stores and some garden centres and chemists obviously have been operating over lockdown period with a system where they queue outside two metres apart and only let so many people within the space inside. Fine. However, when you get in there, it's a different story. You know, I think maybe four or five weeks ago, I was queuing outside Iceland. I thought, okay, this is good. You know, we are two metres apart. The queue isn't that massive. I'm going to get in there, I know what I want, I'm going to structurally go around because if you've ever been in an Iceland warehouse, it's very structured and you kind of go in and out like a barrier system anyway, up the aisles. So I thought this is going to be fine. How wrong I was because when I eventually got in there, they had like uh, yellow and black striped tape down two metres apart and you were supposed to slowly go up each aisle, pick what you want without kind of hindering anybody else from getting, you know, to their destination or the checkout in time, but, you know, in an orderly fashion. No, when we got in there, it was crazy. People were crossing in front of me. They were, in fact, actually leaning over me at times to get something. People just don't pay any attention. So when it comes to actually non-essential retail businesses opening, I feel people are so eager to have that change of scenery and to be able to get back to normality and be able to go and browse, you know, the clothing shops and the shoe shops and so on and so on, that, yeah, they make you outside, but when they're in there, it's going to be very hard for staff, managers, etc., to monitor how they safely integrate within that shopping experience. When we talk about hospitality, I mean, come on, that's going to be even harder, surely. You know, the government are now saying the 4th of July is the guidance date for bars, restaurants, cafes, clubs, etc. to open. Okay, maybe not clubs, but, you know, that kind of establishment. The guidelines around social distancing, the government are saying, include using screens or barriers to separate people from each other where social distancing cannot be followed in full in relation to particular activities and adopting a back-to-back or side-to-side working arrangement rather than a face-to-face. 
I mean, what's the difference? You've got to socially distance. You know, if you're face to face, that's not good. If you're back to back, you're still near each other. If you're side to side, you're still near each other. Doesn't make any sense. They're also saying to reduce crowding at pitch points in and out of the workplace. Shifts should be staggered so that staff arrive and leave the premises at different times. And creating a rotating fixed teams or partnering system is recommended to reduce the number of individuals each person has contact with. But you're still going to come in contact with more people than you would do if you were still on lockdown. Now, I understand, again, that we all have to get back to it at some point, but I can't help but feel it's a little bit too soon. You know, it's okay saying this is how you're going to manage your staff and your processes within your hospitality business, but how are you going to manage customers? One, how you're going to manage customers and what they do. Two, how are you going to manage their expectations? Three, how are you going to have enough customers within your establishment while socially distancing them to make enough money to pay your staff, pay your rent, pay your business rates, pay your suppliers and stay open and actually make a profit to stay open in the future? You know, this is going to be really, really difficult. And I really don't understand how... The government can just put out a load of guidelines and a load of rules and regulations and just say, oh, let's just go with it. You know, they're saying that, you know, you would have to carry out a stringent COVID-19 risk assessment before opening. They're obviously going to release some kind of uh, listed guideline for that as well. Um, But again, every hospitality business is different. You might be a restaurant, like the next restaurant and the next restaurant on the same street, but you provide different food. You provide different um, beverages. You provide a different service. You know, you may have a buffet system. That's not going to work. You may have a system where you do sharing items on your menu. That's not going to work. You know, it's it's really difficult. And I don't think the government are really looking at the individual situations and therefore outcomes of getting back to things in July. We spoke to David Kemmo of Casa Colombiana in Leeds to get his take on the road ahead. So now we're joined by David Kenmo of Casa Colombiana in Leeds. Hi, David. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much. Enjoying the sunshine. Oh, I know. It's beautiful out there today, isn't it? It's brilliant. So for our listeners, just tell everybody about yourself and a bit more about the business. Well, Casa Colombiana is, well, the best way that I can actually describe it is that it is a little bit of um, Latin America, particularly Colombia, in the center of Leeds. And um, we started it around about seven years ago, my wife and I, Marta, and um, the idea was really to bring real coffee to the folks of Leeds. Okay. And uh, basically, that's what we've been trying to do for the past seven years. A year into the the adventure, we actually uh, added some food, dancing, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um, it turned into the most authentic Latin American experience this side of the Atlantic, without, Which, a, without exaggeration. Yeah, say. yeah, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And 
with you saying it started off with the coffee option, you know, you, your idea was the coffee. Why did you decide to bring Colombian coffee to Leeds? For one very simple reason, which is that how it started, to be honest with you, is that I, the last time I went to um, uh, one of the coffee chains, I just wanted a simple black coffee. When it was brought to me, I found it to be extremely bitter. So mm -hmm. I added plenty of sugar. While I was drinking, it was sort of all right, but you still had this bitter aftertaste to the coffee. And I grew up on a coffee plantation and I understood that coffee did not have to be that bitter. And the, the second fact of this is that while I was sat there trying to drink this terrible concoction, I watched people sidle up to the counter and some of them would stand there for 10 minutes looking at this big, big board trying to decide what they should have. Yeah, And it struck me that life is very, very hard. And you have some really difficult decisions to make in life. <laughs> I just did not believe that coffee should, should be one of those. Yeah, so definitely. I resolved right there and then that if ever I had anything to do with coffee, I'd keep it simple. And that word basically defines what we do. We keep everything simple. So yeah. that's the reason why I decided to go for Colombian coffee. For two reasons. As I said, my partner is Colombian. And mm -hmm. Colombian coffee is renowned the world over for its high quality, for its sweet berry taste, and for its smoothness. And that really takes in about 75% of coffee drinkers. Well, it makes the market that much bigger for me. Yeah. It's it's really popular coffee now. It's up there with uh, wine as well, isn't it? As um, a lot of people do coffee tastings, etc. It certainly is. And, you know, one of the well, least known facts about coffee is that it is the second most traded commodity on the planet. The only one that trumps it is oil for obvious reasons. Yeah, yeah. So with, with the business, obviously, you mentioned before that you started to add food. So, I mean, I know the restaurant, obviously, but... Um, first of it was like, you know, just some Colombian snacks and then it turned into a fully fledged restaurant. It um, certainly did. <laughs> tell me why you decided to then turn it into a restaurant. Was there an actual need for it or a demand for it? Or did you just thought, you know, think to yourself, it, it goes hand in hand? Well, to be honest with you, it's one of those things where I cannot really pinpoint the real reason other than the fact that um, the opportunity arose mm -hmm. in Leeds. And then a year into doing coffee, premises became available. Mm. And around about that time, people had been asking, you know, for some snacks to go with the coffee. So we added things like empanadas, which are these little corn cakes that are uh, uh, corn pasties, shall we say, with meat, with cheese, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And we thought, well, why not go the whole hog? The premises are there. And because we were able to de do a pretty decent deal with the landlords, we thought we'll give it a go, which is quite a different way of starting a business where <laughs> most people actually sit down and do some pretty serious research. <laughs> I, I just went along with it because premises were available and at the right price. And I thought, let's give it a go. In for a penny, as they say, in for a pound. And that's basically what we did. And we, we, yeah, we must have struck a nerve, to be honest with you, because in no time at all, you know, we garnered quite a lot of followers. And for the first three months of our existence, we were number one on TripAdvisor in Leeds, which is no small feat, I can assure you. 
No, no, definitely not. It's a, it's a big achievement, really, especially with a saturated market as hospitality, you know. Tell me about it. Leeds alone. <laughs> In Leeds alone, there's something close to almost 2,000 eateries. I mean, 2,000 eateries. <laughs> Goodness. Exactly. So you must do so. You must be able to do something special, you know, to be to uh, yeah. catch people's attention. And I think that's mm. what we managed to do. And uh, just to try and make the experience complete, that's when we actually added the um, upstairs bar, which is a Latin cocktail bar. And there was a lot of room for dancing as well. And uh, every now and again, we managed to even bring in the occasional um, live band. Now, that's Absolutely. what I call entertainment. Mm -hmm. And you, you love the dancing because you used to teach dancing, didn't you? Um, well, <laughs> dancing, <laughs> particularly uh, Latin American salsa, has been a prominent part of my life for, gosh, 30 years. Mm-hmm. And um, when I discovered salsa as it hit the UK back in the mid-90s, man, it made you feel good. Yeah. It brought a ray of sunshine into an otherwise dreary existence. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, having the premises, it, was, it just followed that we would have to have dancing. And we mm -hmm. had the premises to do it. We had the space to do it. And um, we're very, very well known, or Casa Colombiana is very well known in Leeds for dancing, for salsa, for kizomba, for reggaeton, for uh, bachata. We're in there with that. And uh, all those are dances that make people feel really, really good. And that's the thing. I mean, like, if they come to your establishment, they've got a whole package. They've got a whole night out and a whole experience because they can taste the beautiful coffee. They can have something off the, you know, the extensive menu and then carry on upstairs with a dance class or just, you know, socialising dance and cocktails and wine and what have you as well, can't they? Well, we on a Saturday, for instance, we've had people arrive at the premises around about five o'clock in, in the evening mm -hmm. and not leave till 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. She arrived, have some coffee, have some wine, have something to eat, have a dance class, and then join the party. Absolutely. And strut your stuff until the wee small hours, as they say. Absolutely. So, and that's basically what we wanted to do. We wanted to give people the good folks of Leeds and beyond the opportunity to actually do what we're supposed to do on this earth, have a little slice of good time you know i can't agree with you more to be honest with you but obviously you know um i think your establishment as well with the food and the atmosphere makes you feel like you're on holiday you know it's it's a it's a, a bit of time away from the norm for a lot of people it's a bit of culture um and i suppose one of the busiest times is over the summer and obviously, with the dreaded lockdown happening, how has that affected the business in total? Like, what was the process you had to go through when you realised that lockdown was about to happen? Well, to be honest, lockdown, that famous word, or rather that now infamous word. 2020, I had earmarked in my plans to be a tremendous year in terms of business success mm -hmm. february started with a bang we had the best february that we'd had for four years so i remember rubbing my hands with happiness thinking yes we're on our way then early march happened 
and then noises started coming out from around the world about this dreaded crisis, uh, pandemic. And, uh, you know, honestly, out of nowhere, the first two weeks of March just imploded. We lost as much as 80% of revenue in those two weeks. And I remember thinking, this does not look good. And to be honest, at that point, which would be the 16th, 17th of March, I just took the decision unilaterally that there was no way I would be able to continue just like 20% of revenue. So we closed mm -hmm. at that point. Lo and behold, a week later, the government agreed with us. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. And, and shut down the, the entire hospitality industry, not to say the country. Mm. And um, that, along with millions of people, not just in this country, but around the world, you know, we basically entered a period that shall go down in history as possibly one of the most fraught and traumatic experiences that any of us is likely to experience in our lifetimes. Yeah. Now, that is shocking on many, many levels. And certainly, I'm sure you will join me, Leo, in that our hearts must go out to all of those people who lost loved ones during this particular period. It's all oh, it's been absolutely horrendous. However, yeah. notwithstanding that previous statement, a lot of good, I think, may also come out of this on mm. personal profiles, on business levels, pretty much on every walk of life. Mm. The reason why I'm saying this is that for the first time in many, many years, I actually found myself with time on my hands. I was able to spend some time with my partner, with my son, something mm -hmm. that everybody takes for granted. Mm. And I hadn't been able to do that because I was putting in 18, 20 hour days. Mm. We were passing each other in the hallway. But all yeah. of a sudden, we were all cooped up at home and we learned to actually know each other again. That yeah. can only be a good thing. Absolutely. And that's probably one of the most important things that we need to take out of this situation. I think so. I really think so. And I think that that's happened to quite a lot of couples up and down the country not mm. to say not to mention around the world but from a yeah, business definitely. standpoint also things have moved in a way that i really couldn't have foreseen sure mm. i've had to furlough staff mm -hmm. because there was no other way with without revenue we could not afford to pay them fortunately yeah. the government actually understood this and stepped in and did the right thing by helping to make sure people kept their jobs. Yeah. yeah. I'm doing my part and making sure that they are still there. And what we also tried to do is, was to have a look at the business again from a completely neutral standpoint to re-examine every single angle of our business. Yeah. As a direct result of that, we decided to take part of the business online. Well, I hear... which is what go on. Which is what a lot of people have had to do. They've had to find some way of adaptation, haven't they? Because obviously, you've just said you furloughed staff. You're doing your part. You're trying to keep it afloat, but you also have to save the business in terms of it being there when we all get back to it as well. Mm -hmm. So 
adaptation is the way forward. So yeah, you know, continue. Tell us how you've managed to put some of the business online. Well, some of the words that I've been reading about, they love this word pivot the business. Well, I guess yeah. we've done that too. <laughs> and to be honest, it's something that was on the back burner. We'd been thinking about it for some time, but the crisis yeah. has crystallized our thoughts. Mm-hmm. Now, when we started out, we roasted our own coffee, which we have carried on doing for the past seven years. So mm-hmm. we've built up um, following of people who really liked our coffee. Now, during this lockdown, they are unable to come to us to drink their usual brew. So mm-hmm. we decided that we're going to send them the coffee so that they can actually organize it at home for themselves. And yeah. that's, but it's taken us an inordinate amount of time to actually get the um, e-commerce side properly sorted. And um, I'm happy to announce that we're there now. So casacoffeeclub.co.uk has now been built and sorted out and will be going live on the 1st of June. Fantastic. That's really, really good news. So what can people expect from the Casa uh, Coffee Club then? Well, there's a number of things that we're doing with that. First, we are keeping everything simple in line with our Mm -hmm. business ethos. So Mm -hmm. if you go on the site, you will be able to order coffee And no, you will not be confronted with uh, an inordinate amount of choice. No, you will be able to to choose some coffee, beans or ground coffee. And it will always be the Colombian coffee that you've been used to. And um, but we've also added sugar, Colombian Mm -hmm. sugar, of course, which is pure unadulterated cane sugar. Wow. You will be able to order that. And also we're adding some equipment, basic equipment to enable you to do coffee in the way that it was intended. Got things like cafetiers, things like a single, well, a little hand grinder to enable you to turn those beans into something wonderful. Yeah, mm-hmm. sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Sounds really cool. So, when you obviously get the restaurant up and running again, is this coffee club going to continue? Yes, that is the idea anyway, because during this time, there are quite a lot of people who hopefully will be coming to us for coffee that they can actually use at home. But going mm-hmm. forward, I'm of the opinion that it's going to take a long time before people gain enough confidence to leave mm-hmm. the safety of their homes and venture out into restaurants again. Yeah. But even when they do, I don't think that the numbers will be anything like, you know, we used to encounter before the crisis. So for mm-hmm. that reason, to ensure that the business actually survives and hopefully thrives, we will have to carry on with the online offer. And ultimately, it will basically stand on its own two feet and uh, will be an add-on to the existing business and hopefully help to make it a hell of a lot stronger than it was prior to the crisis, which really um, dovetails into my thinking that this crisis may well turn out to be a defining uh, factor, a defining point, moment in time, um, in the growth of our business. 
So yeah. out of the crisis, something good may yet emerge. Absolutely. And I absolutely love your energy and positivity with this because, you know, we've been doing this podcast now. We've got this is our sixth episode um, and we've had nothing but enthusiastic business owners on this show, which is great. You know, I do realize that some people out there are really struggling, um, you know, both with their business, both personally, both mentally as well. Um, but, you know, I think that all we can take from this is try to be positive and like you say, try and make the most of what we've got left and try and turn it into something fantastic. I couldn't agree with you more, Leo, because, well, without positive thinking, without being able to think of a good future ahead, what is there that is left for us to do? We might as Absolutely. well not be here. Yeah. So I'd rather think about it in those terms than the alternative, because the alternative is just too abysmal to consider. <laughs> Brilliant. So uh, in terms of the restaurant then, what are we saying? Because obviously the government have put in plans for hospitality and other similar industries uh, to get back to things on July the 4th. Obviously, you know, I used to be in hospitality, but now uh, for a long time, I've been in the beauty industry. Um, and my industry can't see us going back on July the 4th at the moment. How are you feeling about getting back to that date? Uh, I have got serious concerns about it. Mm -hmm. And um, my concerns really have to do with the ability of restaurants and, to be honest, the wider hospitality at large to actually function to a level where they would be able to meet all the commitments in terms of rent payments, in terms of wage payments. The reason why I have misgivings about the government saying that we should open from the 4th of July is that I personally do not believe, not for a second, that the general public are ready to go out in any significant numbers to mm. restaurants or bars or clubs. They're not mm. ready for that yet because I do not believe that the level of confidence is there yet. So personally, I do not see that it would be possible for the restaurant industry to get back on its feet before autumn at the earliest. And that honestly is being very, very positive and optimistic about it. Because yeah. if you just take social distancing, for instance, when the current science is that one should keep two meters apart. If you take a restaurant that needed to have 80 covers in order to do business, and they mm -hmm. now have to have something like 20 covers, that's going to give them a quarter of the revenue. And you certainly mm -hmm. cannot pay the full bills with a quarter of a revenue. So mm -hmm. that is a very, very simple example, but it illustrates the difficulties facing the hospitality industry. And that, I suspect, is the reason why the industry at large is pressing both numbers 11 and 10 to mm. extend some kind of support, extra support, I might say, to the hospitality industry. And it should come in the form of these nine-month um, rent holiday to enable the yeah. industry to get back on its feet. And to be honest with yeah. you, it's not really for the benefit of the restaurant industry alone. It's just that 
we firmly believe that that is the minimum period that it will take for Joe Public to gain enough confidence to start getting back to right. restaurants, clubs and bars in significant numbers. And mm -hmm. also, if the government is prepared to provide that support, it will enable restaurants to actually get their act together and make sure that when we do get reopen, man, it will be with a bang and the wait will have been worth it. Well, absolutely. And that's the thing. I think it's been very difficult for, you know, most people with a brain to understand that if the government are now saying that you can see up to six, you know, family members and friends, but you, you know, they can come round to your garden, but they still have to be two meets apart and they can't even use the toilet facility. Exactly. Then how do they, how do they expect people to go to a restaurant and have people serve them? and use the toilet facility and eat off cutlery that they own and use crockery and what have you. It doesn't make any sense, does it? It just does not make sense. And these are supposed to be the best brains in the country. <laughs> I, wor well, I worry. We're all doomed then. <laughs> <laughs> I worry, I can tell you that, honestly. But I don't know. I really don't know what the answer is at this moment in time. All I can tell you is that um, because of this, we are trying indeed to make sure that the online offer is good. Yeah. And because it's the only way that I can see us advancing, trying to hedge our bets as it were. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a very sensible way to go about things and a very exciting opportunity as well. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. So we shall see how things turn out. But you know, watch this space, as they say. Definitely. So when you do decide to open, what can people expect from the restaurant, you know, um, you know, aside from social distancing and what is, you know, obviously inevitably having to be put in place, you know, is there anything new and exciting that you're going to introduce? Well, we actually taking our time to revamp the entire menu. Mm -hmm. We're going to have a, nothing will remain untouched. We're going to have a look at it. And the actual premises themselves, the physical premises, obviously will have to be rethought. And mm -hmm. that's also what we're doing at the moment. And it is conceivable that where, because our premises are on two levels, the ground floor and the first floor, whereas before the ground floor was the main restaurant area, it is conceivable that we may actually have to change it round or make more of the space upstairs available for eating because that obviously will make it a little bit more likely that we'll be able to sit more people. So, you know, nothing is going to remain as before. It's not possible. So we're examining all avenues right now to make things work. And in addition to that, uh, something that you probably won't, weren't aware of before, which is that we're also looking at an additional online presence, you know, to do things like, you know, beverages, particularly cocktails and the like. So oh, wow. that is something that is also, you know, uh, it's come about, you know, in the past, what, three days? Oh, God, <laughs> very, very new. Then. It is very, very new indeed. But fortunately, it's something that can be actioned very, very quickly indeed. So that, yeah. you know, it's something that I think could actually be pretty big.
definitely I think it'd be really popular because especially with the weather especially because people aren't obviously traveling and going out and socializing they're trying to make their own fun at home and if they're having barbecues or like family immediate family parties and that that would be absolutely great addition to it there you go so you know we're thinking you see that's one thing that I never had time to do before because we're caught on the daily grind as it were now yeah. that we've, we can sit down and re-examine things we're coming up with new ideas and I think that is what is likely to um, uh, help. You know, that's where salvation is going to come from, I think. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. You know, I really do, as I said before, appreciate your positivity, um, you know, being, you know, with in an industry that are very unsure about things at the moment. Um, just I'd love for you to just tell everybody again how we can get on the coffee club, the Casa Coffee Club, and how people can get in touch with you on social media for Casa Colombiana, the restaurant, or just get in touch with you to ask any questions. Well, you've got a um, couple of um, websites. The main one is casacolombiana.co.uk and the new one to do with the coffee club is casacoffeeclub.co.uk. You can also find us on Facebook, which is Cafe Casa Colombiana. And um, hopefully we're also trying to get an Instagram page going and it's simply Casa Colombiana. Failing that, there's always the good old telephone. Zero, double seven one zero. 958118 and David will be at the end of that line to answer any questions that you may have. That's brilliant. Thank, Thank you, you very again. much for the opportunity. Oh, no problem at all. And enjoy the sunshine and good luck with everything. Thank you. You too. You take okay. care. Okay. Take care. Bye bye. Bye now. Bye bye. It was great talking to David there and listening to his positive stance on reopening his business. Again, very apprehensive. However, I feel a more apprehensive business owner at this moment in time makes for a safer business reopening. It was great that he could also switch up his business and add a new strand, therefore developing more customer interest and also a good source of income, as it's been very hard for all of us. Again, if you want to get in touch with David or you want to know more about the Casa Colombiana restaurant or the Casa Coffee Club, then please listen back and listen to the details he has given. However, all links will be in the bio of this podcast. So it's that time again, guys, for the Alex Sings section of the show. Every week, we challenge Alex with a new topic to write and sing about. And this week, the winner of our suggestion was Samantha Windsor. So I'm joined by Samantha now. Do you prefer Samantha or Sam? Sam. <laughs> okay, I'm joined by <laughs> Sam now, who won our suggestion post last week for the Alex Singh section of the show. So how are you, Sam? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Enjoying all the warm weather. How about you? I'm all right, you know. Uh, lockdown is taking its toll on me. It's getting a bit boring. But if we didn't have the lovely weather, it would be even worse, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, I don't think I'd have managed without... Uh all the nice sun we've had because oh. they were the three-year-old at home every day 
<laughs> exactly. So like me, obviously, we have something in common. We are both in the beauty industry and we um, educate for nail company, don't we? So what yes. have you been doing to keep yourself busy while not being in normal work routine? I've actually found it quite hard to find my place during lockdown with what I should be doing. Yeah. So I've theory stuff, started writing theory courses um, and I've just started doing press on nails as well. So oh, um, yeah, well, trying I've to keep my hand in. I've been doing them for years and they are really popular and I don't see why. I think it's a way to sort of keep your clients going with the sort of nail designs and stuff that they want, you know. So yeah, def- it's definitely good. And I've seen some of yours. They look really great. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so and you've got a little boy as well, haven't you? I have, yes, Theodore. And how is he? Is he keeping you busy? Very busy. Yeah. He's uh, not quite sure what's going on. Doesn't know why he can't see his friends. Isn't understanding why no one's coming to visit. So um, it's all a little bit strange for him. Oh, definitely. But I mean, he's lived within this period of time, and when he's older, you can tell him all about it, eh? Yeah, definitely. Living <laughs> through history, aren't we? Yeah, it's so weird, isn't it? It is. So, uh, without further ado, you obviously won the suggestion um, last week, and your suggestion was Summer Vibes. Why did you choose that? Well, I've just painted my toenails bright summer pink colour. Oh, wow. I was sitting okay. in the garden when I read your post, yeah. and I was just feeling really summery. Amazing. And you won. <laughs> and I thought it was a really, really good suggestion, actually, because we have had a lot of suggestions about lockdown and stuff like that. And I think this just brings a bit of happiness to the whole thing, which I think we all need. <laughs> exactly. So if you want to, will you please just introduce the Alex Sings section of the show? Thank you. This is Alex Coe with his jingle of my suggestion, Summer Vibes. Thanks, Sam. Alex, Alex sings. Mm-hmm. I want those summer vibes at night. Porch sitting, sipping whiskey near firelight. Bright moon breeze, warm cricket symphony. Vibrations of love, you're here with me and I in summer nights with your babies and lays awake endlessly we'll stare at the sky holding hands as I passes by and if this could last forever I'd keep us in a loop never wanting to sever the time I have with you sultry sounds of Alex sings there with his summer vibes jingle I know I said that last week's was my favorite however I have changed my mind this week's is I would love for him to do a full song of that so I know you're listening Alex so produce a full song 
Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed the show today. Obviously, uh, a little bit shorter than some of the other shows. If you are a hospitality business owner and you want to come on the show and speak further about the issues surrounding reopening, then please do get in touch with me at leona at leococreative.com. That would be great. Next week's show is pretty exciting, actually. We have not got an Alex Sings jingle next week. However... Bexo Facto is back and we also have Alex on the show talking about his new EP project that is coming out in July. We're going to be talking about music creation and we're also going to give you a few snippets of the EP itself. So until then guys, stay safe, take care. <laughs>